I don't think we should see each other anymore. You're great, but I'm riddled with personal problems. <sighs> what did I do? Nothing. It's not you. It's me. I have a fear of commitment. I don't know how to love. You hate my earrings, don't you? No, no. And you didn't comment on the chopsticks in my hair? I love the chopsticks. I, I personally prefer a fork, but they look very nice. You're not telling me the truth. I must have done something. I have a fear of intimacy. Don't give me cliches. I have a right to know. What did I do wrong? Nothing. It's not you. I want the truth. The truth. You want the truth? It is your earrings. It is the chopsticks, but it's so much more. You're pretentious. You call everyone by their full name. You call my doorman Sammy Samuel, but you didn't even say Samuel. You went Samuel. And you call it Papier-Mâché. What is Papier-Mâché? Keep going. I, I think I made my point. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I was a little harsh. No. I asked for the truth. Thank you for being so honest. Can I, uh, can I walk you back to work? I prefer to go alone. How much do I owe? Oh, please. Four dollars is fine. May 1st, 2016. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another TWIP. Here we are, They again. just keep happening. I know. Weird. It's almost like we planned this. Ow! Oh, I think you... I pulled something in what? my neck. No. I was getting my post-it. I had to turn around. That was way too aggressive of a turn. <laughs> Listen. For a man of your carriage. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You either do it with gusto or you don't bother doing it at all. So Actually, I kind of tweaked something in my right arm when I was lifting today, so that's why this is extra funny. Ow. <laughs> oh. It doesn't hurt. It's fine. I ate a lot of gluten-free bread, and that totally pads it out. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Sure. I'm cool, okay? Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> That's exactly the word I was going to use to describe you. And I actually have very nice earrings on right now. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. We were talking about my neck, and you made this about you. It's weird how I do that. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to this show, never <laughs> happened before, has it? All right, so. Now the post-it is gotten. You worked hard to get it. This so. is Foley. <laughs> Foleying post-its. Yep. Directors, here you go. You're, yes. Because they can't do that on their own with paper. That's not a clean file. This is a real post-it. Okay. Authentic. I don't know if it is. It could be an Office Depot note. Now it's a clean file. It's too aggressive. Oh, whatever. No one's not aggressive with a post-it. I just was. Like I just said, you go whole hog or you go home. We should just move on <laughs> with the show. All Can right. Can you even read it? It's so crumpled. Yes. It says... <laughs> Archer and Armstrong episode two is out. It is. Came out just a couple weeks ago when we are just a couple weeks away from episode three. I hope you are digging that show. Because I'm digging it. If you haven't gotten it yet, go out and get it. And if you get it, please, for the love of all that is holy, leave us a review. Leave us a review. Preferably a good one. <laughs> Listen, I want to explain. I want to explain how this works. Okay. If you go to iTunes and you search for Archer and Armstrong Audio, it's going to pop right up, right? And then you can buy it. No problem. Mm -hmm. But this is where the reviews are so important. If somebody goes to iTunes and they're like, I'm interested in a sci-fi audiobook, and they just look for that, 
the results are determined by how many reviews you have. So the more reviews you have, the more likely you are to pop up in those results to people that are looking for this exact kind of content. And that's why reviews are so important. And not just on Archer and Armstrong, but on all of our shows. For the podcast, too, they work the same way. It's computers, man. Right? So, they're super <laughs> important. And I know we've mentioned before on the show, uh, we've asked you to go leave reviews for our shows. And it's been a long time since we've done it. And a lot of our shows haven't had reviews in like three years. Some of the ones like Kingery. Don't say things time. like that. Dude, I'm saying we could use some more. Go, go, Team Pendant. You love our shows. Please go leave us a review. It means the world to us. I guess that's true. If you're listening to this, you probably love Pendant. <laughs> Otherwise, you Otherwise what are you doing here? I know. Oh, you I'm so sorry. You wouldn't put up so with sorry. us. So <laughs> sorry. So, in any case... Reviews! Good! Yes, and Archer and Armstrong 3 will be coming out on May 11th. So, just a scant 10 days away. Scant. That's a funny word. It is. That's why I like it. <laughs> okay, I also want to mention, uh, if you are picking up the Adventures of Archer and Armstrong comic from Valiant, uh, issue 2 that came out in uh, April, just a couple weeks ago, also had an ad for our show in there, which is so cool. It's so cool to see that ad in the comic book, right? It says pendant and everything. It does. It's our little logo. Yep. It's so cool. So you should be getting that comic already because it's great and you should support Valiant. But if you haven't, you should go pick it up anyway because you can get our ad and that's an extra bonus. And because things are real when they're on paper. Oh, then we are doomed because paper's going, Wait, you know. Shh. what? It's it's on paper. Yes. It's Real. Real. <laughs> okay. I also wanted to mention that there. Okay, I'm a little unsure about this because we don't have Android phones, but there's a thing for Android phones called Google Play, and they recently have Google Play podcasts, or it's part of Google Play Music. In any case, all of Pendant shows are on there now, and you can get them through Google Play on your Android devices, which is cool. I'm going to look into this. Yeah, you should. Hmm. So that is very cool. If you have an Android, stop by and check that out. You can get all of our shows right there. If you're not already subscribed to them, but I hope you are, because come on. Right? You can subscribe to them on there, too? I don't know how that works. Okay. I think so. All of this is hearsay and conjecture. We have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> we should have asked somebody with an Probably. Android phone to check it out hey. for us before we talked about it. That's a good tip. That didn't happen. No. We've been busy. Yes. Busy. Super busy. Okay. Also, <laughs> you have just heard the second episode of Active Radioactive Radio. Yay! And I hope you are loving that show as well. And that show... Well, you've heard it if you've listened to it. If you haven't, then you have No haven't. way. I mean, it's not in this ep episode of TWIP, you know. It just seemed like you were making assumptions. Okay. But you should listen to it because you it's should. pretty great. And here's the other thing. There's an interactive portion where the host, Johnny Franks, as we've mentioned before, will answer your questions about life or love or surviving in the wasteland or whatever you want to ask, as long as you include the words OK to air. Now, we have a bunch of questions already submitted and they'll be in upcoming episodes, but we could still use more for the tail end of the season. So uh, please submit those. You can tweet to Mountaintop Stud on Twitter or you can email host at activeradioactiveradio.com. Just include the words OK to air in your tweet or your email so we know that we can put it in the show. And then you can be part of the program. Yeah, you could be a friend of Johnny. And you'll win a prize pack. We're almost to the point where we've got the first prize packs put together and ready to mail out. So we've been putting those together and figuring out what they're going to be. So if you get a question on the show, you get a prize in the mail. A real physical prize. 
It's real. Right. <laughs> you could touch it and stuff. Yeah, totally. Ooh. Those are the promises we make to you. <laughs> okay. And I want to mention that our release schedule has been updated through the end of 2016. And it's on the website. At the coming soon section at PendantAudio.com. Of course, all dates are subject to change, but those are our planned release dates that we shall be hitting for the remainder of the year. And if there's any new shows that might come out before then, or like if Henderson and Havner were to come back, what have you, then they'll be added then. But this is what we've got now uh, for all the shows presently running through the end of the year. So you can go check that out and know when all your pendant faves will be around. Yay! You end a lot of segments by shouting yay. Well, it's something to do. I wasn't complaining. I enjoy it. Give oh. us another. Yay! From the greater Dallas metropolitan area in Texas. We have Melissa Bartell on the line. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Jordan. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I was getting worried there for a second. <laughs> Talk about short and one-sided. <laughs> Hi, we have Melissa. Cricket, cricket. All right, that's the that's the show. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. I mean, I already asked that. See, I'm nervous. I'm, still, I'm sorry. I'm still good, and really nothing to be nervous about. It's just me. So, um, how's the... Uh, apocalyptic weather as you put it in uh in dallas it was actually a lack of apocalypse no one is complaining but they <laughs> it is better for them to prepare us and not have actual tornadoes happen than it is for them not to prepare prepare us and lose a roof yeah 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 i'll go with that so i mean it's springtime in texas and this is normal but dallas is under a cap which is this very specific meteorological thing that basically means storms may or may not happen <laughs> like anywhere else in the world it can be 60 percent chance of rain and you'll get rain and here if there's 60 percent chance of rain maybe you'll get a drop right well apparently they just had snow in denver and it's the 28th of april yeah i heard that that's crazy and denver's not even like actually up in the mountains it's it's high up but it's not like in the no, mountains, so it's, it's like snow. Edge of the plains. Yeah, right next to it. Pretty cool. All right, so we have questions from pendulums and and from me, and hopefully you have answers. Or this is you know short and one. Well, I have a background in improv, so if I don't have answers, I can make some up. Great, because you know <laughs> we won't know. <laughs> we'll just kind of go with it, and excellent. But I'm going to ask you about that background in improv at some point. Sure. So um, let's start off with how you found out about pendant. Um. That's a really good question because I'm honestly, I think it was from the Facebook group for audio auditions that Gwen runs. Okay. Yeah, I think it was that. I mean, I'd heard your stuff and I've heard other people mention Pendant, but mm -hmm. I was, audio drama is relatively new for me. I've been doing it for on and off for maybe five years, but not very, not in a very focused fashion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I started first with comedy sports and then with stuff for between the lines and then stage turtle in canada was running qn or quirky nomads where she was doing audio improv and so i started doing a lot of backdoor things and never did anything serious and then you guys had an audition the seminar one my first seminar one was the first thing i ever auditioned for you guys yeah we're going to talk about that because that was an <laughs> epic kind of um short well let, let's go ahead and talk about crimson cape Okay. How is doing, how was that experience? 
Um, I loved it. I thought it was really, really well written. Mm-hmm. I, as you know, when when you're auditioning, you get like three lines, and you have no idea necessarily what they fit into. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at this, going, "Well, this is kind of cool," and I didn't think I had a shot because you guys didn't know who I was. Um, and then I got it, and I was like, "This is even cooler." But and then I got to the end where where the twist happens, and mm-hmm. you realize it's. I don't know how much you want me to say. I mean, it's over a year old, so it's not like spoilers are a thing. Um, I think I think we're 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 well past the the spoiler range. Um, so you get to the Jeffrey end, will correct us out. by editing if we're wrong. <laughs> he can yell at everyone. It's my fault. You're not the one who told me to tell. Um, but when you get to the end and you find out that this Crimson Cave character is really just this fictional construct, and and where she is emotionally at the end, I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And yeah. it was. When I got to that part of the script, just reading it, I was like, oh, okay. I'm not sure I can pull this off, but I'll do my best. And I'm assuming they'll tell me if they don't like it. And we had uh, Anna Rodriguez, the writer of Crimson Cape, uh, on the last episode of TWIP. So if you missed that and want to find out more about Crimson Cape, you can go back to the last or previous episode of TWIP to listen to that. But uh, it it was kind of heart-wrenching at, at that, the end there when you find yeah. out what's going on. When you find out what's going on, and she's like at her at her dad's deathbed, and it's just yeah. Um, I do remember listening to, I think it was an interview, a commentary or something, mm-hmm. with someone who said, "Oh yeah, I was really happy with all the voice actors," and I was like, "Great," because you never hear anything unless like you actually know you guys, because I really didn't then. But you do now. But I do now. Or I'm getting to. So when we we were getting all set up and and talking beforehand you talked about um a little bit about your writing and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more but um do you think you might write for seminar i've thought about it if i could come up with something that i thought was pitchable mm-hmm. i would totally do it i'm i've i lack confidence Ugh. so i'm working on that you are a published author <laughs> trust I, me I, I think you've got the uh the creds now to say yeah you could write <laughs> Um, I've had a really good response. It was self-published to test Amazon, but I'd had a really good response. There are actually two reviews from people I don't know <laughs> that were very that were very favorable, which was was sort of validating. Um, cool. And I write all the time. I publish all the time because I run an easy, and if we don't have a day with other people's content, we fill it ourselves. But most of what I've done has been essays and interviews with other people. Mm-hmm. So focusing on things that have a plot that need to be done in a certain amount of time is a new thing for me. Well, I think it was either Jeffrey saying or commenting on, I think, Twitter today that the the best way to, you know, write is to just start writing. I mean, I, I write fiction. It's just all been short stuff. So I guess... Which is exactly what we need for seminar. Yeah, but but I've never <laughs> tried to put anything in an audio in a like a in a script format, which is ironic since I spent half my childhood doing scripted work. <laughs> See, you you have plenty of qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> when I come up with an idea, I will pitch it. I promise. Excellent. So, do you see yourself auditioning for more uh, seminar stuff in the future? Yeah, I I really love the whole anthology concept. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I I have this rule that if I get cast in something, I won't audition for another thing in that thing until like a few episodes have gone by. It's a personal rule, just because I don't think you guys want to hear the same voices all the time, and I, it's good to diversify. 
Okay. But I, I always look at what's there, and I'm always really intrigued to find out how it turns out and how these lines fit into a greater script. Yeah, yeah. When you see them in that you know, couple lines, it's like, okay, what are they doing? What's the story going to be? I did another episode where I was, I played Strumming Bird. Oh, yes. And that one was, I didn't think I would get that either. <laughs> Never thinking I'd get it. Um, but that one, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to be put together, but I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, our directors are very, very good at um, making us sound really, really good, even if we're not expecting to. Landon uh, took a lot, took a couple of my lines for uh, Shakespeare, and I was like, wow, I don't remember it being like that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, He's was, really good. I was listening to, to I've been listening to Antony and Cleopatra as it's mm -hmm. been, as it's been posted, and I am seriously impressed with the quality of that production specifically, but all of the Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, from one messenger to another in Antony and Cleopatra, <laughs> It's not a good place for us to be. No. <laughs> it's not a good play for us. No, it really isn't. <laughs> I, I think I lived through it. <laughs> I, I don't remember if I do or not, quite honestly. Um, but how how is your approach to The Messenger? Um, Landon gave a lot of direction, mm -hmm. which helped immensely. And the fact that they created this messenger so that she had an arc also helped because it wasn't just spitting out oh yes we have this information because mm. face it messenger is exposition person mm. um so the fact that it had an arc was really helpful because it felt more like a character and not just filler right um but yeah it was all just landon said do this and i tried to comply cool very cool his, his notes are always incredibly helpful yeah yeah he and i talk on uh skype from time to time so i we kind of go over the same kind of thing that way so um you've had a couple pendant roles which uh which one have you enjoyed doing the most so far oh i don't know um <laughs> they've all been really radically different mm -hmm. i i have a great time doing kenda which we yes, talked about we earlier yeah, we, did, she's like we this, skipped over kenda she's tiny tiny part and i'm not complaining i love that she's a tiny tiny part but it's so funny because like we just got it we just got two scripts where she's actually in and i haven't played her in months so i'm like i have no idea if this is gonna match what i used to do <laughs> and, and it's only a few lines but her lines are so much fun and they can go so many directions and i never have any idea until i hear it what they're gonna pick right so i just i mean you try to give options because she can either be like completely completely obscene or completely sweet because the lines are so innocuous that they can go either way and folks if you weren't sure who we're talking about, and you, if you haven't guessed by now, Kenda is in the kingery. <laughs> and you are a uh, massage therapist in, in Yes, and this, I have Kenda? no idea if that's in quotes or not, but I think it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's the kingery. could go either way. Exactly. <laughs> I actually went back to the beginning and started listening to it because it's, you know, it's forever. And it's just that good. <laughs> it's really good. It, it is my, my addiction now. I, I will say my favorite episode, that is... Yes. I can still hear Pete Mylan going, oh, God, no, why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> I am I am continually blown away by the writing and the performances in that show. Yeah, yeah, that, that one's just... It may not be safe for work, but it is definitely entertaining. Well, but life isn't safe for work half the time, so... No, that's true. <laughs> do you have a favorite pendant character? The entire cast of The Kingery. 
<laughs> and I, and I why the entire it, cast? I, I because it's just it's really compelling. It's I ne- it never goes where I think it's going to go, and I like that element of surprise. Mm-hmm. So, are you a Tommy? Are you a Madeline? Are you a? I like Tommy. Yeah. I really like Tommy. Why are you a Tommy? I like I he's compelling. Tommy is awesome. It, flaws make people compelling to me, and yeah, Tommy is. Deeply flawed. Yes. He has a heart, though. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> we, di- we didn't say that in a bad way, Tommy. <laughs> no, 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 in a really good way. Yes, in a really good way. You know it. <laughs> it, it peaks out at moments. Mm. Okay. So, big fan of the Kingery. And folks can hear you as Kenda. The maybe, Occasionally. <laughs> maybe air quote or air quoted massage therapist. <laughs> Maybe air quoted. I, I'm pretty sure she actually does massages. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you do other stuff other than than voice acting. We kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Yes. So you mentioned your e-zine. I have an e-zine. Am I allowed to say the title or not? Absolutely. Okay. It's called Modern Creative Life. It's actually the second e-zine I've been part of. The first one was called All Things Girl. And it was a not-for-profit easing where women were invited to show off their creative stuff, writing, oh. um, fiction, poetry, art, whatever. But it got hacked. Oh. It got hacked three times in one year. And since it was not-for-profit, we did not have a budget to hire really good tech gurus to fix it. And the host we were using, which I'm not going to name because I am not that person, right? Um, basically threw up their hands and said, well, you should have backed up. And we had backups, but we didn't have backups of SQL tables. Right, because you would... Because that's their job. Right. (laughs) So we closed it and we're on hiatus for a year. And then just this March, we opened Modern Creative Life, which is a celebration of people who live in the arts. And I'm actually, Landon has promised that I could interview him for it. Awesome. At some point. Yeah. Landon. You're being (laughs) called out, man. (laughs) So that sounds pretty cool. Now, do you guys keep up with any of the themes from all things girl that's what it was called, um right? all things girl yeah it was okay. all things girl we really that one started as a literary magazine just as this one is and over the 11 years i think that we ran it mm-hmm. it sort of got a lot more mainstream mm-hmm. by the last couple of years the last year we actually published i think i interviewed like 90 percent of the people who are in cw science fiction shows wow I mean, I, I had one day where I had John Bauman and Eddie McClintock interviews in the same weekend. Okay, that's cool. So, yeah, it was really cool. But the archives are toast because it was right when everything on WordPress was switching to PHP. So, like, even the Wayback Machine doesn't have it. It's really frustrating. I have a lot of the raw files from the phone interviews, but I can't do anything with them. I just get to have them. But, I mean, it was really delightful. Um, Eddie McClintock during our interview actually schooled me in how to use Twitter. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 you have to follow me and I'm going to follow you back and we're going to make sure this gets seen. So that was really sweet. And you say, yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've had a really, I've had some really eclectic interviews. I interviewed Margaret Cho one year. Um, <sighs> she's so yeah. funny. That one was absolutely not safe for work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> um, I interviewed George Went, who is Norm in Cheers. And we talked about the fact that he um, used to be part of Second City. Yes. But he always thought he sucked at improv. 
No. And I thought that was really interesting. He was he was pretty good when he ended up on uh, uh, what was that show um, the, that did the improv with uh, Drew Carey and Ryan Stiles and Who's Line? Who's Line? Yes, he was on that a couple at least a couple times. He's better than he thinks he is, but I mm-hmm. think that's true of all of us. Mm, yeah, we're our, we're always our own worst critic. Definitely. Say that ten times real fast. <laughs> so you have uh, this easing where you get to talk to people like we've all heard of um yeah well the first one this one we're we're trying not to do so many people that we've all heard of Mm -hmm. partly because we're brand new so we need to build up to that again Mm -hmm. um but also because when you start doing that you start getting tied into oh well we have to talk about this project that you're doing right now right because you're promoting that but we don't necessarily in this zine because it's all about the creative life and how people balance their need to create with their need to you know make a living right um we're trying not to do things like what are you promoting right now and more what's your process so i there are some people that i have been promised interviews from who i can't name right but most of them are people who um a lot of them are writers some of them are painters there is a broadway composer who owes me an interview oh cool so i'm really excited about that one because i've been a fan of his since ever (laughs) excellent excellent I will say that it's it's not Lin Manuel Miranda. Fair enough. <laughs> and you also have a podcast. I have an infrequently um, infrequently posted podcast. Uh huh. It started because. Well, you have to say the name because this is the coolest name ever. Uh, yes, it's the Bathtub Mermaid. It's actually the Bathtub Mermaid Tales from the Tub because the Bathtub Mermaid is me. Um, I I'm a Leo. But uh-huh. I'm, I was born, literally, my mother was on the beach the day before I was born. Right. But now I live five hours from the ocean, so I have a really huge bathtub and I have a swimming pool. Moral imperative. Yes. And and I every idea I've ever come from for writing or anything has come while I've been like in the pool or in the bath or in the shower. So it made sense to capitalize on that. Absolutely. Um, I, I collect mermaids. If you could see the, the office slash studio that I'm in, there's mermaid art everywhere. Cool. Very cool. um yeah and some of it some of it a lot of it is um i also collect dia de los muertos stuff my parents oh. retired to baja in mexico so oh. every time i go down there i come home with more because you can't have enough of that no you can't <laughs> um so now i have like dia de los muertos mermaids that's an interesting mashup <laughs> <laughs> they're they're kind of scary i mean I, it's like I zombie think. mermaids they're really kind of disturbing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so the podcast started because a friend of mine was involved in this project called the Dog Days of Podcasting, which happens in late July through August. And for the first several years of it, it, it varied because they always try to end it at DragonCon. Mm. So that anyone who's at DragonCon, who is also part of this project, does a group podcast as a wrap up. Sure. Um, I have never been to DragonCon. I've always wanted to go. <laughs> um, it is insane, but it's one of those it's one of those things where like I don't think you have serious geek cred until you've been at least once. I, I managed to go once, and it's beautifully insane. Uh, absolutely beautifully insane. Um, there's so much stuff going on, and you can Q&A with, you know, quote-unquote famous people and whatnot, and you see them walking around, and a bunch of us were at breakfast when, when the morning, like the last morning, and two tables over, Walter Koenig was sitting there having breakfast, <laughs> and I turned and I saw him, and he just happened to look at me at the time and he looked exhausted and it was 
the Star Trek people were pulling him in one direction. The Babylon 5 people were pulling him in the other. And oh, I bet. he probably barely had time to breathe. And I looked at him and I just waved. And he just kind of nodded and waved and went back <laughs> to his breakfast. Kind of like, thank you for letting me eat. <laughs> but it, I, it, I can't imagine what it's like to be a celebrity at a con that big. I know because we do go to the Dallas one every year. Mm. Um, actually, we go to all three of the Dallas ones every year. It's a marathon, um, not a sprint. Um, yeah, the the Dallas one is getting huge. I think their goal is to be the biggest thing in the middle of the country. Were they up against Denver for that? Um, probably. It's they're getting bigger. They were just bought by the same company like last year, or the year before, that does Fan Expo in Vancouver. So they have like serious money now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Peter Capaldi coming in June. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. He has to come now when I don't get press credit anymore. Oh, you can find a way around that. I I could probably, but it's more fun sometimes just to go and be a fan and not be there working. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So, um, you blog long time. <laughs> I blog long time. Yes. <laughs> um, I have. I started. I started when I was still in South Dakota. Um, so it was. It was before. It was when we were still using links. It, there was there wasn't even a World Wide Web at that point. We were using links. Wow. I am that old school. Um, and you were in uh, South yeah. Dakota. How, how did you describe that that place to me earlier? Um, I didn't actually, but it was very cold and very dark and oh, something about cows. Oh yes, there were a lot of cows. Oh, I said that <laughs> I used to work for a company with a cow fetish. Right, right, right. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, I just yes, thought that was a company with a cow fetish. Yes. Um, yeah, actually, I did have a caller once when I was doing tech support for them who said, you're in South Dakota, right? Yes. You have cows there. It must be dark. It was an overnight shift. I was bored. I was like, well, of course it's dark. It's like two in the morning. No, places that have cows are always dark. Right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the first winter I was there, it was negative 70 with wind chills. And I said, no, I'm not doing this again. Did that once. It was not fun. No. No. Uh, my husband made fun of me because I'd never seen a block heater in a car before. <laughs> like, why do all the cars have little pluggies and things sticking out of them? So where where did you grow up if that wasn't? I grew up kind of everywhere. I was born okay. in New Jersey. Um, I lived in Colorado from the time I was like five or six till the time I was nine or ten. And then we moved to Central California, mm. to Modesto, uh, which is where G- George Lucas came from. Yes. Um, and... That's about all that ever came out of there. Um, <laughs> well, you got out. George Lucas and almonds, and that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> and, and Gallo wine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then when I went to college, I went to University of San Francisco, which is a Jesuit school, but they gave me a really big scholarship, and it was San Francisco. So it was worth it. But they also um, had this really interesting program that I did not appreciate as much then as I do now, which was theater and social justice. Okay. So it was an interdisciplinary thing where you actually did seminars in theater as as a way to enact change. That's kind of cool. It was really interesting. Our our one of our drama directors was a he looked like I cannot remember the man's name. It just went out of my head, but he looked like the then leader of Poland, and it was really kind of eerie because he kept talking about solidarity a lot. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because we would go on like the muni buses in San Francisco and do street theater. What kind of uh, roles did you 
play during that? Um, we would do sort of experimental things where we would go to a grocery store and start staring up at the sky and seeing how many other people we could get to <laughs> stare up at the sky also. And then we would go, well, what are you looking at? <laughs> and no one would know. So you helped establish the concept of flash mobs. Kind of, yeah. Nice. But, but there was no internet. No one had smartphones. The right. cell phones at that point were like they were in your car and they were as big as the central console of your car. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. And you have book. You I have write book. words. I write words. Uh-huh. It started with my blog. You publish and, words. Yes. And then it went to my easing. And mm-hmm. I've published short stories in a few anthologies that I can't remember the name of. Um, but I also took a bunch of my essays and turned them into an ebook last Christmas. And it's called The Bathtub Mermaid Tales from the Holiday Tub. Um, My friend Newt Chess, who does Nutty Bites podcast and the Behind the Wall podcast for Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. did the art for me. And she's the one who made me start podcasting in the first place and then said, no, you have to make this a book. So it's all her fault. So the contact for for blaming goes to... No, never mind. (laughs) Uh, Very cool. Um, it is mostly Christmas essays, although they're not particularly. They're some of them are spiritual, none of them are religious, but they're mm-hmm. not like sweet. Oh. They're more like they're more like holiday themed, just observational stuff. Okay. I, I don't do saccharine. Let's see. You're a quote unquote massage therapist. You're a messenger who has really bad days, <laughs> and um, you are an imaginary superhero fighting yes. cancer. So yeah. <laughs> it's never dull. I'd say you're more on the savory side. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, no. Savory can be tasty. Just as tasty as sweet. Um <laughs> sorry, watch too much food network. Um all right, so some bullet questions for you. Okay. Favorite Muppet? Oh, Grover. Oh, I love Grover. Your favorite superhero. It changes on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Um, I was half but, expecting you to say Super Grover right then. <laughs> no, actually, uh, does Jessica Jones count as a superhero? She's um, not. She's kind of meta, but she isn't really super. Okay. And what version of her? I really like the Netflix version. Okay. Um, but I also, I also am a classic Batwoman um, comic book fan. Oh, very cool. So when they did the reboot, I started getting it from the beginning. Okay. You don't want to know what my family's comic book subscription bill is. <laughs> Your um, favorite pizza topping? Pineapple and pepperoni together. Sure. And what's your favorite drink? Um, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? That's my, up to you. My <laughs> favorite, does... if I'm drinking like if I'm drinking soda, it's mm-hmm. Coke, but it has to be Mexican Coke in glass bottles. I'm very okay. specific. Um, my favorite alcoholic concoction is J and G, which is Jameson and ginger ale. Okay. And are either of those used to wash down the pineapple and pepperoni pizza? Um, the ginger ale one is a little, the ginger doesn't go. It, it, it clashes with the pepperoni, but Mexican mm. Coke goes with almost everything. And what makes Mexican Coke different from American Coke? Um, one, they still use real sugar. Yep. Not, not corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has a slightly darker taste and cane, it's not the sweet. Cane sugar, right? Yes, cane sugar. Yes. And and it comes in the fancy glass bottles, which is just fun. <laughs> Very cool. Do you have any other than the stuff we talked about, any ongoing or any currently ongoing projects that you'd like to talk about? 
Right now, I'm really, really focused on on the fact that we're in the first quarter of modern creative life. So that's where most of my energy is going right now. I am working on a novel that I pitched to Random House like four years ago, and they liked the concept, but it's sort of a comedy. It's a science fiction (laughs) comedy. And the year I pitched it, I had this year from hell where my eight-year-old nephew died of cancer. I had a miscarriage. All these things were happening that made me not be funny for a really long time. So I'm finally getting to the point where I can do this again. Oh, you were loud. Wow. Glad that you're coming back around to that. I'm uh, very intrigued by... I'll give you you the concept. Okay. It's a a science fiction comedy Mm -hmm. about the first coffee bar on Mars. Okay. And basically, it's it's right at the point where where civilian companies are taking over concessions from government-run establishments. Um, everyone's still living in the habit trail. There are a group of people that literally call themselves diviners who are searching for decent water sources. And then the Martians come back. And hilarity ensues. Yes. It, <laughs> it turns out that, that they have issues with caffeine, and there's this whole other thing. Of course they do. <laughs> I'm definitely so I've looking got forward it, to that. I've got it all sketched out so that mm-hmm. it can either be a novel or episodic. Because my friend, a friend of mine who helped me refine the outline, thinks I should pitch it to like Amazon for their television pitch thing. Oh. Because it's very, it's very visual, so I'm not sure it would work as an audio concept. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. I'm having fun with it. I'm I'm finally at the point where I can look at it and not remember what I was going through when I first started it. And that's important. Yeah. So it it was helpful that as soon as all that year went through, I was in comedy sports after that. So I had improv as an as an outlet. That's hey, they say laughter is the best medicine. I found it to be really helpful. Um, there are people who don't think I I have a serious side because I try to find humor in everything. But it's my defense mechanism, and it's how I process. you got to do what works for you, right? Yeah. Awesome. Can people find you on the internet, on the web, social media? They can find me everywhere. The best place to find me is I am missmeliss.com is my blog, which I haven't updated in a while because I've been doing other stuff. Um, And that's spelled M-I-S-S-M-E-L-I-S-S. But I'm also at Melissa, spelled M-E-L-Y-S-S-E, on Twitter. Okay. And I'll, both of those have links to everything. Okay, cool. And folks can find me on Twitter, at JG underscore QA, and on Facebook, www.facebook.com, slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036, because um, I never changed it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, eh, I'll change it, and then I never did. I use Facebook, but I I do animal rescue, dog rescue. So 90% of my Facebook posts are either they feed from Instagram or Twitter or they're rescue dogs. Mm. Very cool. You're all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I just wrote an essay. My last column for my magazine was describing my relationship with my husband, and this is how I described myself. I am a kite. I am constantly fluttering between different activities. I'm not clinically ADHD, but if I had been tested when I was a kid, I probably would have been. Um, and he's like the string that tethers me to the ground so that I don't go off into everywhere. Sounds like a good pairing. It works well. Melissa, thank you so much for taking the time. 
very intrigued by the stuff that you've got going on. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how, how some of these things play out. So am I. <laughs> Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And we will kick this back to Jeffrey and Susan. Awesome. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, May 4th, Kingery, Season 8, Episode 7. Okay, you brave little toaster. Let's see if this works. Next time on The Kingery. I haven't seen you take clients as Polly in... Wow. A while. Eh. Eh? Is that all you have to say? I need a change. I, I don't want to talk about it. People who say that typically do. I am used to being treated unkindly. I have had terrible employers. But you have been extremely kind. You have gone above and beyond. I have begun to develop feelings for you. Of a romantic nature. That is not where I uh, expected that sentence to go. Now, I've been thinking about your proposal, and I agree that the Kingery is desperately in need of Gorlock's wisdom, and I can think of no one better suited for that great task than you, Sister Sandra. Did you say sister? You are as worthy of the title as any of the other brothers and sisters in the temple and across the galaxy. Take this opportunity, Cassandra. Do not squander it. Only at PendantAudio.com <sighs> All right, bucko. Let's go. Coming out Wednesday, May 11th, Antony and Cleopatra, Act 4. She calls me boy and chides as she had power to beat me out of Egypt? Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. He will not fight with me, Domitius. No. Why should he not? He thinks, being twenty times of better fortune, he is... Twenty men to one. Soothla al hell. Thus it must be. Well, well, we shall thrive now. Go forth, Agrippa, and begin the fight. Our will is Antony be took alive. Make it so known. Caesar, I shall. All is lost. This foul Egyptian hath betrayed me. My fleet hath yielded to the foe, and yonder they cast their caps up and carouse together like friends long lost. Triple-turned whore, tis thou hast sold me to this novice, and my heart makes only wars on thee. Bid them all fly, for when I am revenged upon my charm, I have done all. Bid them all fly, be gone. The Battle Rages, when Antony and Cleopatra Act 4 premieres on May 11th, 2016. I learned of thee! How? Not dead? Not, not dead? The guard, ho! Dispatch me! Only at Pendant Audio. Coming out Monday, May 23rd, active radioactive radio three.
That's you know hard the title to say. Of the show? It's hard to say. Active radioactive radio. Well, we abbreviate it everywhere as RR, and RR. It's a lot. I'm like RR. Hello, hello, audio apocalyptica. This is Johnny Franks on Active Radioactive Radio for the excited survivor who found an old can of Kite Elegante meat type cat food and will live for at least another couple of days. Coming to you live from my mountaintop bunker with tantalizing tips, tricks, and tip-top tunes. You know, with all this free content, I'm providing a real public service here. And Johnny's happy, but also sad, because Johnny's a complex guy with feelings and urges, and who can he share them with? But that's not what you're here for. I mean, Johnny's okay. He has his robots who are always there for him, and they listen. But really, it's no substitute for human companionship and human touch. Like a long conversation that goes on and on, and a lingering gaze, maybe a hand on a shoulder, and then... <laughs> well, let's get to the nudes. And also out on Wednesday, it is Wednesday, May 11th, um, Archer and Armstrong, episode three. On Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Go get it! La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! (laughs) And there you have it for the month of May. That's a twip for you. It is. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sure. Oh, one other thing I want to mention, mm. which I didn't have on my post-it because it literally just happened before we recorded this twip. I appeared on the Valiant Central podcast talking about the Archer and Armstrong show, so that's very cool. Where do you find that? You can find it at all-comic.com slash valiant-central-landing, or you can just follow valiant underscore central on Twitter. For all the news and links and cool and cool stuff, yeah. They talk about all kinds of Valiant stuff, and they had me on to talk about the project, and it was really cool. Very nice. You should stop by and listen to it. It's good. Of course, there's links links on our social media pages, and we'll be getting to those in just a minute. After I say, be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash PendantAudio, the Twitter feed at Twitter.com slash PendantWeb, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. Yeah! We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thank you for listening. Now we can go lay down and recover. I think we talk too much on this show about how tired we are. Uh, People are going to think we're whiners. Mostly just you. That was way too aggressive of a turn. Listen. For a man of your carriage. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs)